0: everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Genre Equality Podcast. I'm Hidzir. I'm Hadi. I'm Arissa. And this week we're joined by two very special guests. Uh, one a noted playwright, Christopher Falk from Dark Matter Theatrics, and Izianti Asari from
1: the Design uh, Agency Fellow. Uh, care to introduce yourselves? Okay, hi, my name is Christopher. Um, I'm a playwright from Dark Matter Theatrics. It's a collective where we try to do stories that are really untold and unspoken between people. Where can people find you guys? Uh, you can find us on Facebook, uh, Instagram. We are right now in the works of uh, producing uh, two big shows next year, so we're quite busy. <laughs>
0: Very nice. So do look out for Dark next year. It's going to be a big year for them. What about you, Izhyangti? What are you up to? Hi, uh, this
2: is, is I have a design studio with a partner. It's called Fellow. We do a lot of, recently, a lot of exhibition design, so that is also sort of narrative building through space, so, um, and also been reading fanfiction since very very young, it's more formative than proper literature, so yep. I
1: think
0: yep. Interesting! Yeah. Much like myself, uh, both of our two special guests this week are huge fanfiction nerds, mm-hmm. uh, I have started with Buffy fanfic, but I think uh, Is is more of a supernatural girl.
2: Yes, but only incidentally. I think the
3: one that
2: I started off at first was Harry Potter slash fanfiction, mm-hmm. and that was before like. Mm-hmm. I
3: think that's
1: how I knew that's, about gay people. That's that's, so. that's the that that was the mothership that, that departed from the harbor. Uh, I, on the other hand, <laughs> started with Merlin, which is called Merthyr which is Arthur and Merlin mm-hmm. and uh, Steric, which is uh, uh, Styles and Derek from Teen Wolf. So that's where my roots are Interesting. As you can see, we have a, a large stack panel of five
0: uh, big nerds here yeah? Three of us you usually know Yep. Uh, there's, there's three, the three straight male voices that we usually hear Thankfully we have a little bit of diversity this week, so... Yay! Yeah.
4: Yay! Yeah. Yeah. K- yeah. for progress yeah. for gender equality Took a year, but...
0: It's about time we move beyond gender equality to gender equality yeah. <laughs> What? Yeah. what? Well, I guess you. we should invite like, more women, uh, sure. so rather than like the one amongst the four <laughs> guys <laughs> Anyways, uh, this month we'll be talking a ton of zombie movies actually This, this episode is uh, a lot about the Undead Horde uh, I have movies about uh, the un- zombies that invade medieval Korea Nazi-occupied Normandy, a Singaporean NS and even modern-day Paris Additionally, we'll di- be discussing big franchise sequels mm-hmm. like uh, Harry Potter well, Fantastic Beasts specifically, mm-hmm. and others uh, We have horror anthologies Feminist witches, princesses of power, and uh, I guess we'll be talking a little bit about Stanley's legacy, la. Yes. Yes. Uh, we'll begin well with myself. We'll be delivering a short eulogy to Stanley. Yes. Uh, clearly, the face and founding father of Marvel comics, Stanley is the creator of literally hundreds of beloved Marvel heroes and villains. Uh, has passed away at the age of ninety-five. Sadly. Mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say that without Stanley, this podcast would not exist. Yeah. Uh, the world of genre fiction would be vastly different, and I dare say far worse off. Um, more than any other creator we've mentioned, or healed or discussed, or eulogized, uh, Stanley changed my life personally. And I don't mean that in some abstract way, I mean that in a very fundamental, really changed my life way. Uh, I cannot imagine my childhood. Or adulthood, without his works being ever present in my daily thoughts, you know, I'm that kind of nerd that thinks about the X-Men every day. Uh, he changed the way we look at heroes, modern comics will always bear his mark. Yeah. Uh, when other companies focused on godlike characters, I think Stan's major key to creating relatable characters was the grounded humanity of his superheroes. Mm, yes from X-Men's allegory of bigotry in the civil rights movement yeah. to Spider-Man's relatable coming-of-age story. Yeah. He has powers, he has villains, he has homework, he has girlfriends. He has everyday problems, he has to make friends, you know? Uh, Stan's creativity didn't just resonate for his inventiveness, his narratives gave young readers such as myself a, a I guess a way to deal with harsh social contexts in an escapist, safe and intellectual manner. Mm. Uh, and as always, his infectious act- Enthusiasm always reminded us why we fell in love with these kind of stories in the first place. Yeah. So, um Excelsior, Stan, then will we missed uh anybody wants to
4: say anything about Stan. I think we um, pretty much covered it. Yeah, that was quite a good one, but Thanks. I mean, we, we missed Stan mm-hmm. just because of the fact that, you know. Um, he did, you're yeah. right, like he, he did do a lot for us with you know formative yeah. years. Yeah.
5: They're creators and then they're people who inspire, right? And legacy mm-hmm. is something that um, you know, whenever we bring up legacy, uh, especially in culture, moving forward, right? Uh, Somewhere in there, people are going to be talking about Stan.
0: For sure. Um, Unlike DC Comics, who never really did have a figurehead, Uh, Jerry Siegel, Bob Kane and all that, they aren't really known as the face of DC. Stan was the face of Marvel. uh. Mm -hmm. And on that note, I did hear that he managed to uh, film his final few cameos for movies, including Avengers 4, which I guess we're all looking forward to next year. Uh, so it's nice to see him on the big screen for one last time in the grand cinematic combination of his of yeah. his vision like, that he created yeah. like 70 years ago
4: I mean he did make an appearance on Rocky Ralph Cook uh, Which we'll be talking yeah, about, we'll talk about uh, very either. soon
1: yeah.
0: um, I actually myself have more to say about Stan Lee with our friends from The Last King Podcast mm-hmm. So tune in to their podcast and their channel if you want to hear my discussion and you know the rest of The Last King Podcast crew we talk about his life, his legacy, his controversies, you know. Um, yeah. we, we can't talk about Stanley without talking about Jack Kirby, but yeah. Steve Ditko and some of the other shady goings on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's mostly a very positive thing. nobody's perfect. Nobody is. And in terms of Stanley as a creative, especially in the Me Too era, he's pretty much as spotless as you can get la. Yeah. For yeah. someone who can go through like 90 years without controversy.
4: Like I, different kind of different more, like financial controversies. Yeah, yeah, no? yeah. You know? But
0: in these days it's a lot cleaner. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, a lot yeah, cleaner. Sure. Uh, first up, well, let's talk about the chilling adventures of Sabrina. Mm. Uh, it's Netflix's TV adaptation, uh, and much to my delight, it stays true to the comic book uh, mm-hmm. themes. You know, the mm-hmm. horror tone, the family themes of uh, Roberto Aguirre Sacer's acclaimed comic book. Uh, though most fans would likely be more familiar with the '90s Sabrina the Teenage Witch sitcom. Yes. Uh, this version is carrier, moodier, and more stylishly atmospheric. Yep. Uh, it's a mix of frightening occult, satanism, so opera teen drama, and progressive gender politics that uh, is pretty captivating. Uh, let's hear the thoughts of our panelists, so let's start with Is, who is uh, big into magic, I guess, you know. Uh, <laughs> um. You're only doing like the magical, uh, I just noticed mm. you're doing the magical topics this month, so that's great.
2: The magical bits okay. Yeah
0: So what um, do you think About cheating Adventures of Sabrina What did you like and dislike?
2: I like all the praising of Satan <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay.
2: Praise Satan Praise
3: Satan
2: yeah. um, What I like the most about Bringing magic into Pop culture stories Is how it, When it flips What we know As like the standard Status quo Of how we see the world It's only when you keep Talking about Satan As an everyday fact That that you realize also how maybe odd it is that we praise the church and Jesus and other religious figures mm. in our daily life so I like how magic can do that um, for in, in in this story in particular what I also really like about it is also just the production design oh yeah
3: It's cool. gorgeous yeah
2: it's amazing and it's also like similar to like the Harry Potter, Harry Potter film world right it's so detail and ornate, that it feels based in grounded in real life, but also elevated. And I also enjoy how Sabrina as a character starts as very innocent, naive,
3: mm-hmm.
2: sure. feminist, yes, character figure in a naive mm-hmm, way. Yeah. yeah, so naive and so foolish and so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like then it gets even more complex, right? Mm. Because she, I don't know how much we can spot. Can we spot? Uh, we'll, we'll have like a
0: small spoiler yeah. section at the end. But for now, I guess maybe just talk a bit more generally. general.
2: Okay, so the general, the general thing is that this this particular series has clearly marked itself as diverse in terms of how it portrays gender. How it portrays race and also sexual uh, orientation, mm-hmm. right? It's very progressive in that time and it was a bit unnerving to see how unkeasy these stories were being framed.
1: Almost purposefully. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that
2: it, it's very jarring, which is in a way the way like the pre like sure. it's Sure. Um, and I was when I came into work after I binged it over a weekend. I was actually a bit nervous talking about it with my who is a good Christian
0: girl A very staunch uh, religious yeah, person
2: Yeah like okay. do you know like go to cell, cell group like every weekend that kind of thing Oh no! How yeah, did that go? Yeah so so I asked her like do you think you will watch this like with your friends? Like it praises satan like in every accord you know mm. and, and she said, like no lah they should be okay with it I don't think she's watched it and I don't think she would watch the OGCs or things like yeah. that so. Was
0: she already against things like Harry Potter which has a more innocent view of magic? It is still paganism.
2: It is, but it's a lot easier to go with the idea of paganism when it doesn't come from the
0: Judeo-Christian text. Sir.
2: Yeah. Your
0: your your arch enemy. Correct,
2: enemy. correct. So so I think this is a nice flip of a common script that I
0: enjoy. Interesting. On the on the flip side, like uh Isa also watched it. I think might share some of the same praises as is, but also mm. might have
5: some complaints. Uh, I feel, first of all, we, I think we, we definitely need to establish it as a CW show, true and true, right?
0: Just because it's on Netflix doesn't mean it's a Netflix show.
5: Yeah, so, um, I mean, as with every CW show that we've covered here on the podcast.
0: Team drama.
5: It, team drama. Uh, sometimes a little over the top, sometimes a little unnecessary in my opinion.
0: Yeah.
5: Uh, but that is also of a much... I'm much older than, than the demographic that they're kind of started thinking right? Yeah. Even though we, we still love our CW dramas. Oh, no, yeah,
0: I know. yeah, I just watched uh, the movies now.
5: Sabrina is beautiful, right? And I think it's refreshing because, for me at least, I didn't get into the comics until much later, past the... Uh, original TV series you know mm. so with all the humour that's going on and that I really did love that there was something that I, I caught every time I was on the TV yeah. and then as I was older I kind of like watched through it to kind of fill in the gaps for all the parts that I didn't catch mm-hmm. uh, I love them leaning into the horror element I think that's mm. something that was sorely lacking like I never knew that it needed that, right? From the original TV series, you wouldn't have been able to tell like, okay, we are talking about witchcraft here, we are talking about demons here, mm. right? Uh, but none of that is actually ever explored, and I think they did a really good job this time around. Uh, and just in general, we haven't actually had any decent um, series or movies dealing with witchcraft uh, in quite a long while, well, series at least, or movies, we still have like, sure. uh, yes, yeah, we, movies we. we've had a few.
0: It's it's hard, It's a tough line to demarcate because there are some shows like The Magicians and stuff mm. like that. Not it's it is about a, a school of magicians. How do you how do you tell what is a wizard, what is a witch, what is a, what is a magic exactly? I, I think
5: that's
4: a whole other podcast.
5: Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, but I think the the focus on witchcraft here is interesting, right? Because mm. this whole idea of like needing to sacrifice something to give up something in order to earn something back, and uh, all these kind of uh, very magic-based ideas, right, being examined specifically through the lens of uh, the Church of Satan or through the way that witchcraft is portrayed in Sabrina in, in this series is, is interesting and it's and something that we haven't had in a long while.
0: And also through the lens of uh, patriarchy and, and yes. modern society and how uh, if witchcraft did exist, how would it affect women and the patriarchy? Yep. How women would want to use patriarchy yeah. uh, uh, or when we're a patriarchy, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, Oh, for myself, I'm still. This is just a minor complaint. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm having a. Uh, I had a hard time initially getting used to a grown-up Sally Draper doing um, grown-up things. Yeah. Fairly,
2: but it makes sense yeah. that Sally Draper because the the child of Don Draper. What, yeah. And Betty Draper. Yeah, would, would up turn day. up messed up
0: yeah. 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 Uh, Shipka is very good in this role. Um. I still think of Sabrina when I close my eyes as Melissa Joan Hart yes. So I don't think Karen Shepherd has overtaken that But yeah, I guess it's still only one season
3: yeah.
0: uh, I love that the character isn't perfect either Because despite her noble female empowerment intentions You know, trying to topple patriarchy in Satanism and in high school uh, Sometimes it's set back by that condescending white privilege or white saviour complex Yeah, yeah. Is she
2: the oh,
0: she's, the Lena, she's the Lena Dunham of She's uh, the Lena Dunham of Satanism mm. <laughs> Uh, which, I guess, is uh, not that far off. Uh, and, and also, the only minor complaint is I don't like how the show is shot sometimes, you know, that blurry effect. Oh, yeah, Yeah, I, I think it looks kind of cheap and distracting. Uh, some characters like Harvey's is dead, for example, or some of the other secondary villains feel like lazy caricatures. Whereas some villains are so fleshed out, why couldn't they do that for everyone?
3: Uh,
0: the show also feels bloated at times, like uh, and 10 minutes could easily be edited out, out of every episode. Yep. Which is the downside of streaming's runtime freedom Because yeah. if the show was on the CW as it was intended They would have to have cut maybe 15 to 20 minutes of every episode Which would have made it leaner, tighter and probably more enjoyable lah. And sometimes showrunners get too precious about the material on Netflix
3: Yeah, for which sure Which
0: is, you know, I've seen that happen on Ozark and a few other shows Or all the Marvel shows that we've ever talked about uh, That's the case uh, I guess we'll jump jump to like quick spoiler territories uh, at, at the moment uh, Starting with Is like, you know you can you can spoil the show, what do you specifically like or dislike about it?
2: Um, I thought one thing that was quite jarring about watching the entire series, on, on, the entire season, like over a weekend, right, was what stuck out was how weak all the male characters were. Yeah, with the exception, well, no, no, Ambrose, yeah, even Ambrose, that's true, that's
5: true. Harvey's
0: such a bitch. Can I just say? Yeah, he's lying. No, Harvey. Oh, Harvey! Harvey's such a bitch. He's nothing.
2: He's nothing, right? And I realized after I thought about it that the reason why it's so jarring that the male characters were vacant is because like normally vacant characters are occupied by female characters. Mm -hmm. So we're used to having some depth. Uh, and logic and reasoning behind like male character motivations. Mm, yeah. So the spoiler here would be um, when Harvey finds out that Sabrina has brought back his he's dead br- brother
0: as a zombie. Yeah. as
2: a zombie, and he's chill with it. That makes no sense whatsoever.
0: Well, he was upset for, for a while.
2: That was a minor upset. That's like, I forgot about our date kind of upset.
0: I will pay, I will pay a far more upset you than You know,
2: I will freak out. This is like necromancy <laughs> level of thing. That's not like, Oh, I, I gave you like a memory spell for you to forget things. Which is also already very problematic. Mm, yeah. yeah. like It's if, almost
5: like a violation.
2: It is a violation yeah. of like your mental integrity Yeah,
5: well I mean like going back to what we were talking about a couple of episodes ago uh, Yeah, with yeah. Legion as well right, uh, with him wiping I thought the same thing Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's exactly the same thing right but uh, our attitudes towards it is different Given the difference in It's
0: ways. a little different because what Sabrina did was make him forget a conversation mm. uh, What uh, then even date in Legion was make her forget so he could have sex, sex with her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that is objectively rape. Yeah, raped, right? yeah. That, yeah. Uh, so that is even more of a violation. Mm. Uh, but in, in which case, mind wash, mind wiping, uh, and, bad, and right? the ethics of that yeah. have, haven't really been explored outside of modern fantasy shows. Like. That is usually it was just a trope, you know. Um, mm. I think I remember like small things like. Uh, Willow's girlfriend Tara being upset and Buffy, and yeah. like small things lah.
2: I think it's a witchcraft trope. Like you gotta talk about like memory wiping. Like, it happens in every instance of like magic being part of the universe. Mm-hmm.
3: Because,
2: I mean, that's what we would all want. Yeah, I a suppose. convenient
5: out, right? If, yeah, if we had the power to.
2: Like mm-hmm. number one, flying. Sure. Number two, can wipe memory.
5: Yeah Yeah uh,
0: Do you have any specific things you want to say about the story?
5: Uh, I love Ambrose as a character mm-hmm. As bacon as he is Fun lah yeah. uh, he, He's really fun And I feel like uh, he takes the place of what um, Salem was in, yeah. in the OTV series, right? So kind of like this overarching, like, ha 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 ha, chuckle chuckle Right? Uh, and then amazing British accent on this um, Definitely my favourite character on the show uh, Definitely one of the more interesting male characters on the show as well uh, But to your point uh, we do have fake vacant female characters as well, right? Mm. Very poorly fleshed out sidekicks mm. very poorly fleshed out um, main.
2: Are we talking about agonist? humans, like the mortals? Yeah, we're talking about okay. Uh, the, so lame.
5: So lame. Yeah. Uh, also, Madame Satan. Oh. Was like, yeah. that, that was a major issue for me. Like, the acting was just. Very catty, ha ha ha. Video yeah, and it. like I, did, I I felt like it didn't need to be played that way. So I don't know if it's the fault of the script itself or the way that um, Michelle Gomez decided to play it, uh, mm-hmm. but I did not enjoy that at all. Like it took me out completely from the series. So anytime she's chewing scenery, right? I'm I vacated, I'm out, you know, and I can't really be bothered. You know, but I think um, Miranda Otto and Lucy Davis did very well as the aunts. Yeah. Um, it got a lot more complex as it went along. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of these flashes of um, character that I thought were throwbacks to the original um, TV series as well. Sure. Uh, all of these things are really great. Um, I do like how they set up and stack many of the witchcraft slash magic tropes in a row. Sure, right. The whole idea of like. Okay, so uh, the part where what's her name? Asian weird sister. Uh,
0: one of, yeah, one of the weird sisters. Yeah, yeah also the one the main one,
5: right? No, 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 no. So the Asian one's one. The main Oh, right, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, so when they when Sabrina kills her and then yeah. tries to resurrect her, and right, this whole idea of I'm really smart, I know, you know, I'm special, I've been set up to be like this, uh, satanic savior yeah. of some kind, right? Uh, and she uses all these loopholes that have been set up very nicely and very slowly across all the other episodes when she finally like kills the girl and then tries to resurrect her and yeah. then it all falls flat in the face. Uh, I love the repetition of that theme because it takes her a good three tries before she realises and then succumbs to signing her name in the book. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, I-, I do
0: think season two will be a lot better uh, with uh, Sabrina actually turning to the dark side. It will be a yeah. more interesting show.
5: For sure. Uh, I mean her power level is a big problem. Mm. But then again, most magic Things with magic have problems with power level mm. Like suddenly she can use hellfire. fire Like how? Oh.
0: Uh, she's meant... I, I'm... It's just saying she's special Kind yeah. of a, a spoilery thing la But she's meant to be a special servant of Satan She's meant to be the Antichrist so to speak That's why he wants her so badly
2: I feel like that's hard to believe Because... Like the birthright thing we just keep saying it, but we don't see actual proof because yeah. we don't see like comparison of like other people's like
5: magical abilities. Mm, yeah. Take Prudence for example, yeah. who yeah. is pure blood, uh, out of wedlock, yeah. still has that lineage, right, from yeah. father Blackwood. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, she's she's nothing to nothing to you know, take notice of in terms of her magical ability.
0: Correct. But actually what you guys don't know is Sabrina's last name is Dumbledore. No,
5: I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. it. Uh,
0: so how would you guys rate this uh, particular show, Season 1
5: uh, mm-hmm. out of 10? I'll give it a self-recommend. I, I give it a 6. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, I'll give it a 6 as well. What about you, Is? I will give it an
2: 8 just because it's such an enjoyable watch. Yeah, it is, I,
0: a, it is fun binge. Yeah? Mm, yeah.
2: I, I think if you don't look too closely, at the loopholes, the, the, the logic loopholes of everything, right? It, it's a nice treatment of feminism in pop culture and its problematic areas. Yes, for sure. It's just a beautiful watch, There's also managed to be like
5: scary and funny. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really did enjoy some of the scare elements, some of the horror elements.
2: It was so uh, funny. Yeah, I
0: thought
5: it was very good. Uh, that's great. Uh,
0: next, we'll be going to an equally scary pace, which is the internet. <laughs> uh, the long-awaited Racket Ralph 2 sequel. Well, Racket Ralph 2 sequel. The sequel no, to Racket, Racket Ralph. Racket Ralph 2, a.k.a. Ralph Breaks the Internet. Is now out in cinemas, and uh, we all caught it just last week.
4: We
3: did. Uh,
0: while not as great as Rocket Ralph, in my opinion, it is still very entertaining and maybe a will be successor yeah. to quite a flawless first movie. Mm, yes. Uh, this time we'll be throwing it over to Chris. <coughs> what did you think of Ralph breaks the Internet?
1: Um, I, f- I thought, it enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I found the starting a bit slow yeah, for me to, but to, I, get going. Yeah, yeah. To, to get it going but when it finally got into the internet it was uh, me exploring with Ralph and Vanellope the internet mm. all over again and just seeing what died after one year the, <laughs> after three years the, the visual representations <laughs> yeah. of it were cool so yeah. Yeah. how they chose to represent pop-up ads and all yeah. that you know? yeah I I, I, pre- I liked it and the avatar uh, uh, art direction of of the whole entire thing as well. I, I kind of I pretty enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, what
4: about you, Hadi? Oh well, I mean we, I was looking forward to this one for a very long time. You watched it twice? Yeah watched it twice. Yeah. I mean I got a free ticket like, that's why I watched it twice. Ooh, laddie, free, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Talk so much. You also get free tickets all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway um, okay so obviously the Easter eggs is one of the yeah. The big things there are, uh, in Racket Round 2. But what I loved about the Easter eggs that it wasn't it wasn't the ice it wasn't it was just icing on the cake. It wasn't a refer- it wasn't family guy, right? it's just like reference to kind jokes idea. There was it still it. a very grounded moral story, you know, in the end between about friendship, about you know about uh, toxic kind to of uh relationships la, that can can happen from something that's very wholesome also. Mm. Uh there are a lot of lessons learned, um Obviously I was waiting for the Disney, the, the Disney Princess scene oh, it was oh, was, yeah. Which was great and yeah. it wasn't dragged out It yeah. was a quick like
0: 5 minutes I think Disney is leaving 2 billion dollars on the table They don't have an adventure for right. princess team for movie right, because for right. that, that was the highlight of Racket Ralph Rock Right? Movie. That was kind of cool right? Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah so all in all um, Ralph was... Because Ralph is the new character yeah. When you look at the, the mass, massive um, penis swinging Disney um, properties Tense. on display, la, right? Yeah, yeah. And you could see that uh, how they integrated Ralph into this universe is kind of seamless, lah. Sure. Which I kind of like, now Yeah. Uh, overall, I had a lot of fun in this movie. Yeah. Uh, I did not fall asleep. Interesting. <laughs> So
5: Yeah, playing. that that's how we that's, yeah, yeah.
4: how we. that's a new. That's a new part of our rating. <laughs> whether or not Hardy falls. <laughs> Hardy falls. It didn't beat
0: 2049 because it was new boring. Rai.
4: Because it was boring.
0: Oh boy. Yep. It's uh it's patience. Uh, let's yeah. let's
5: move it to Isa. What do you think, think roughly? Oh the um, I think it was a It was good laugh. Uh, it was definitely not as neat as the first movie. Yes. Right. Uh, which was quite stellar in terms of its storytelling, in terms of its pacing, in terms of its character growth arcs, and all of that. A um, near flawless movie. Yeah, yeah. a near yeah. flawless movie. And unfortunately, we never reviewed it back then because it didn't exist. We didn't exist. We didn't exist. Yeah, so we didn't three? exist. And so
4: Oh, uh, damn. I think
5: like with all, it, it, it's a it's a sequel problem, right? Like, how do you like top something that's great? It's and the awesome. only people who have ever been able to do it are the Toy Story people. Yeah, which we also
3: continuously keep.
5: continuously. So let's see where Toy Story Four goes. Yeah. Uh, given that there was a really fun trailer. It is such yeah. a cute trailer. <laughs> it is such a cute it's trailer. So cute. Um. I think they I mean Disney Disney Princess scene amazing that dialogue in and of itself should be winning awards right <laughs> um, for just how aware uh, and how cr- um, self-effacing mm-hmm. it was for Disney to put something like that there um, but again because this what 3 years in the making right yeah. right Retro- yeah. um yeah. a lot of what has to do with the internet in that particular world, is dated slightly, here. slightly dated. Uh, yeah. I don't know about slightly anymore. A
0: big portion of the storyline was about eBay, which isn't a thing really yeah, anymore, Amazon is right? So world. I mean, yeah. like we did
5: see Amazon, mm. yeah. you know, in the internet. Mm. We never saw things like you know, Netflix and Spotify and all that, with good reason, right? Because those are properties that aren't related, Rival to talk. per se, you know. Uh, but even with the the whole idea of how they explore memes and virality mm. and you know, yeah. trendiness and all of that, um, it was a great. A commentary, mm. but mm-hmm. at the same time, uh, it would only have appealed to people who had lived through some of those things. Like the internet forgets very fast, as well. Yeah, sure. You know, so, uh, like, they, they had a friend joke in there, but mean, yeah. I
1: mean, that's
4: they I mean,
1: But I mean, like, for that, for this movie, it felt more like a time capsule. So, mm-hmm. I like things like eBay didn't even came to mind until they mentioned it in, mm. on, the, mm. on the Like screen. you forgot there was an auction site Yeah, I forgot there was an auction site So I was a bit confused when when they went into eBay and people started bidding And I was like, what are they doing? Mm. <laughs> and then I remembered what eBay was all about yeah. And we're all like older people like. We've, we've lived through eBay, we've
0: lived through LiveJournal We've lived through Friendster So we yeah. know the trajectory But even, yeah. even to us, it feels like a million years ago Yes,
5: it yeah. really does And I think it's interesting especially for our particular generation Because we did go to arcades and play those games yeah. right? mm. and, then now, and now we've transitioned into you know, having entertainment via the internet almost exclusively Right. Yes. Uh, so I thought that was interesting um, in terms of how it appealed to me and being able to see all these like things from our past and now seeing things from the more recent past. Right. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah. So I think that was with me a lot of like nice inside jokes, plenty of Easter eggs, plenty of references, which I don't think I caught all of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I am actually very surprised at Disney's restraint. restraint yeah. uh, right. Just like Hardy mentioned, right? Like as much as they could have swung. There yeah, are giant Disney all over the place. Yeah, sure. uh, Look they at Marvel,
0: look at Star Wars. Yeah, and I know. thought it was very yeah. and I
5: thought it was very good. Uh, I was very impressed with the production value and the animation as well. Yeah. I thought the voice acting was um, good. See as like who wrote. the surreal. Well, yeah, <laughs> for sure. It's not Pixar. It's Disney. Yeah. yeah. Disney. Um So, overall, I mean, it was a good ride. Definitely not a great movie like the first one was. Yeah. But definitely a good. Movie that I currently enjoy.
0: Mm, yeah. um, I mean, me personally, I felt that the, uh, the crux of the movie and the thing that made it good uh, rather than average was uh, Ralph and yep. uh maturing friendship. Uh, mm, yes. uh, their needs and wants are mature, maturing in opposing trajectories, shall mm-hmm. we say, and their friendship is. Kind of this very painfully changed due to mutual insecurities, right, yeah. which is kind of what their movie hinged upon. Yeah. Uh within that lies, you know, the commentary la, about how oh, attention yeah. can breed empty validation, yeah. can breed toxic behavior, especially amongst quote unquote nice guys who just want to help their girlfriends. The white night. So. The white night, yeah, white yeah. night thing. Is is a huge thing, lah. Uh so that that's the smart part of it, la, mm-hmm. but it is too small a part of the movie because it actually happens in the last third of like, yes, like, in and the First two thirds of it is just kind of fluff, yeah. as fun as it was. Yeah. So I guess I would rate this a seven out of ten, which is good mm. but not great. Uh, mm. How about you guys?
5: Yeah, I'm giving it a seven out of ten as well. I I have problems with the the trajectory emotionally, right? Especially mm. near the end where they have to pair all the action of the third act with the resolution of this very complex relationship that they had right it felt like mm. an easy out for me yeah. right Because like with all the adrenaline and all the action that's going on and the fear of of danger and so on and so forth right it's too easy that yeah. way oh. you know um and i had a problem with that but definitely yeah i'll give it a seven it's definitely a, sh- a recommend for me
1: what about you chris seven out of ten so i i concur i feel like uh especially Vanellope's and uh, ralph's relationship during the yeah. first half the movie I was looking for conflict mm-hmm. between both of them and I couldn't really find it it, would, it the conversations between both of them were so happy and so unified from yeah. the beginning that I was like okay so where is my drama where's the drama that I'm searching for coming coming yeah, yeah. 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 so cool. like that, that run Yeah. Okay. a little too late right yeah <laughs> a bit too late okay, yeah. yeah there was no that, to me there wasn't the escalation and need for the for the for the steering wheel wasn't as yeah. great an impetus yeah, for to sure. me as as much. I felt like it was it it would have been better if maybe Vanellope had ran into the internet without Ralph and Ralph is going there to go and search for her because she's there to go and uh, get mm. the, the, the wheel herself. Yeah, you know that that would have made to me much more dramatic sense. Okay. Yeah. Well, how about
4: you? Uh, I'm giving it an eight. Oh! High score! High yeah, score. I watched it twice, I enjoyed it thoroughly yeah. I also realised that, you know, I'm a... Uh, I enjoyed the easter eggs a lot, like yeah. I said, but it's the icing What I really enjoyed, though, I mean, I understand that it's a bit too long But I actually enjoyed the build to the conflict mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I also watched the last movie, like last week it? Really. Yeah. yeah So to see yeah. that continuation, to see that how they built that relationship and why it's so strong and positive and all that and you could see like little cracks along the way already Yeah Like same. you could see that Ralph was being a bit too pushy Clingy You know and clingy like how he wanted to do the same thing over and over again Yeah And you know when Penelope when did uh, mention that she that he wasn't enough
3: mm-hmm. And
4: how he reacted to it So there was already these bits of conflict that already happened at the beginning So I thought that was enough for me to to see okay. through this entire relationship.
0: Interesting. But yeah, I like
4: the moral uh, the moral story at the end. I'm just annoyed that the the, the the last act was kind of the same from the first movie. Yeah. Where you had like a swarm of things yeah. <laughs> attacking again. Exactly, exactly yeah. It's also another fight. Yeah. Vibe enough, right? Though to be fair it was really beautifully done though. The the yes. many Ralph, Ralph thing. Yeah, Damn son, I, I that mean, was scary shit. That
3: that
5: reminded me so much of like like Paradise Lost right, mm. the, the whole like the rising bodies you know? yeah. or even like in Hercules where they depict the river sticks and all those Yeah things, you know? That was actually quite, quite terrifying, terrifying at times, yeah. you know and all the while you have the drama playing in the form. the drum- Matrix also, you know Yes, yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. you were AJ saying Smith. about the Agent Smith Agent yeah. and yeah. the Machine
0: God and the Machine God guy, mm. yeah uh, Speaking of hordes that come to attack you next up, we'll be talking about Overlord uh, not to be confused with the enemy I know a lot of you are fans of the enemy <laughs> yes. This is actually a new JG Abrams Produced movie from mm-hmm. his uh, Obviously company Bad Robot uh, It's a hybrid of a classic World War II film With a gory b grade zombie movie mm-hmm. So it's a grindhouse Plus uh, World War II Epic, uh, it's, it's a strange hybrid epic. But I, yeah. I like it It's directed by up-and-coming Australian director Julius Avery, who I've never heard of before, but he seems to have chops here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Set on the eve of D-Day, American paratroopers are dropped behind enemy lines to carry out a mission crucial to the invasion success. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but as they approach their target, they begin to realise there's more going on in this Nazi-occupied village than a simple military operation. Mm-hmm. They find themselves fighting against uh, supernatural forces, part of a Nazi experiment.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, interesting premise. Uh, how was the execution? Uh, what do you think about this, uh, Chris, who watched it with me?
1: Oh, uh, wow, I really like this movie, I'm yeah. a big yeah. fan of Horror. So glad you said it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and I, I have to say, like the first ten minutes of that film, the sound was, was yes. the sound engineering of that movie was just amazing. It completely sucked me in. I felt like that uh, uh, Ben of Brothers episode two. You know the yeah. the paratroopers. When they were dropping uh, uh, in, Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I like that they didn't shy away from the World War, uh, two. Uh, yes. Context of it because I think uh, that really brought me into the story even more because of what because of my own general knowledge of what uh, what was happening during the war mm. so that was really great uh, zombies wise uh, if if I could call them zombies they're kind uh, of zombies kind <laughs> of zombies kind of not experimental they... supernatural demonic. Mm. Uh, uh, Super Soldiers Super Soldiers Kind of thing uh, I like the I mean like It just brings to mind A lot of The games that I play Like uh, Wolfenstein Wolfenstein You know yeah. Like that nice. just, Yeah It's yeah. just A really great Action packed movie Yeah, I think <laughs> my mother Would enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean um, I, I'm guessing
4: Since it's part Band of Brothers And part two yeah. days later Hardy will love it please. Oh yeah I did, did. Um, I mean there was there some minor like inconsistencies But then when you realise Wait, don't think of it as a World War II epic, right? Cannot have the accuracies anyway In terms of the military
0: strategy and stuff yeah, yeah, that like kind of thing like.
4: lah You know, like dropping one 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 stick of par- paratroopers to take and die I No, mean, oh, but they had a punch, right?
0: The rest were just uh, blown up, right? Yeah,
4: so but like... they were specific to just do that Okay, never Anyway, yeah. doesn't That's matter true. That's true That was not the point The point of was beautifully made, yeah. right? They, they had they just the, the ambience of the that, that down yeah. you know the the, the con french sound yeah right like yeah. it was just so well done it was like really it was like kind of a video game vibe yes um, house vibe also yeah, yeah 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 so and I liked how it knew what it was the movie knew it was this and didn't shy from it yeah. you know he had those really uh, stupid lines that were just yes. burnt out and all that. but it was so perfectly done yeah right and I, 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 I had Really, nothing bad to say about this movie. Yeah. the pacing was great, right? The action was all over the place. Even the uh, campiness was intentional. Yeah, it exactly. Was the evil movies, so yeah. yeah. And you had that Nazi guy who was really evil. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, which was which was very great, lah. Right. Yeah. Played by Euron Greyjoy. Babe. Yes, Euron Greyjoy. He's just a, a, such a good bad guy. Yeah, such a good bad guy. You know, and when you know his final form at the end yeah. and all that, and the big fight scene and all that, and that the self sacrifice at the end is such. So, so Such good tropes yes. That they, they pulled out And executed really well yeah. So overall I enjoyed myself yeah, um, yeah I think it was a satisfying marriage Of uh, the
0: grounded horrors of war mm-hmm. Because some of the early jump scares Were actually yeah, war-related Yeah, war-related Like uh, the landmines yes. And being shot by snipers And yeah, stuff like that yeah. Those are jump scares Alongside the schlocky trills Of fighting the undead Which is what Provides the movie with fun yeah. So it's actually the zombie's fun War-horror War-horror, uh, Interestingly correct. Uh, there have been many Nazi zombie movies before, actually, so this isn't particularly unique. There is an Norwegian mm-hmm. film called Dead Snow. Uh, obviously, the fame game, Wolfenstein, which we've talked about, uh, plus the idea of spinning real-life tales from Nazis, uh, their horrific human experimentation, yeah. uh, and their rampant occultism, isn't entirely new. New. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, explored
4: in like Indiana Jones. You yeah. Know. Uh,
0: that's how we get Hellboy. Yeah. Kill uh, Hydra, for Hale example. Hydra, yeah. Uh, that being said, um, Overlord does this concept better than most yep. Despite some of his silly moments Spectacular yep. action, works, well executed scares gratuitous gore I mean mm. I'm a huge gore fan mm-hmm. uh, Effective body horror actually yeah. Oh yes, yes I yes. about yes. that uh, Some interesting solid characters I do have to shout out Wyatt Russell Who I last saw in Black Mirror mm-hmm. uh, He is Kurt Russell's son Yes He's gone out of his way to take roles that are so unlike his dad Set himself apart In show range, in Ingrid Goes West, it's this is Millennial mm-hmm. In Black Mirror, you know, in Playtest, you remember that? He was the
4: guy that was wearing the thing in the virtual reality. Correct,
0: yeah, yeah, but like this movie proved to me, like, let's get this straight, he could have his father's career if he wanted to. Yeah. Yep. He, he talks like him, he acts like him. <laughs> yeah,
4: he had that, that, that growl. He's
0: the perfect young Kurt Russell. Yeah, this, yeah, this, yeah. Is, uh, yeah. this is like Escape from Normandy, like Escape from New York. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Snake Pliskin, what? Uh, Snake Pliskin. Snake right? <laughs> yeah, this is, this is just like Lieutenant Snake Pliskin or something.
4: So he's playing like a Grandfather of Snake Pliskin? Or oh,
0: maybe great, 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 great Grandfather. Because uh, Snake Escape from New York is in a yeah, way in the future. Okay. Uh, This is a weird prequel uh, route that we've uh, gone into Uh, But anyways, um, I'm gonna rate this movie a 7.5 out of 10 I enjoyed it very much
4: Me too, 7.5 out of 10 How about you Chris? 8 Because my mother will enjoy
3: it
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, Chris's mother did not enjoy Spora, Which I'll be talking about later (laughs) And (laughs) and we'll discuss why And I would actually like to get your input on why your mother did not like it Uh, Uh, Yeah, definitely uh, Next up we'll be talking about probably outside of Racket Ralph 2 The biggest sequel That's out this month Mm. Uh, it is Fantastic Beasts Two, uh, oh. the Crimes of Um I think um, Is has a lot of uh, opinions about this, so uh, shall we? Yeah, be- go ahead. Begin man. with Is. What do you think of Fantastic Beasts Two?
2: Um, <laughs> I, because because we all know that it's not a good movie. I no, think it's, it's been yeah. it's been said so many times that the movie is very arbitrary in its plot. So I don't want to go on about why Mm. the storyline is so lacking for obvious reasons Um, but I will maybe okay I'll start with the fact that this was one of the movies where I was really thrown off by all those unnecessary 3D scenes. Mm. So we watched the normal one, right? Yeah. So because we are too cheap for that. Yeah. Um, especially yeah. for. $15 for this. Yeah, I Thanks. Know- okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. okay, but the point being, right, it's like, okay, these 3D scenes are something that we see in all the blockbuster movies these Yeah, scenes.
1: actually, I, don't, I didn't don't I, don't not, it? I didn't notice okay. it. Yeah. I
2: noticed it because for me, it's become a metaphor for how much the studio spends so much money on things that don't drive the story. Mm. It's not about the craft anymore, it's really about just selling visuals which to me is the underscore of why all these movies or this particular movie sucks so bad. They <laughs> spend so much time on the CGI of the of the nippler and all the character design and all the costume design mm. that it dis- it's distracting to the storyline itself, which maybe Rowling had a very skimpy, anorexic screenplay anyway. I yeah.
0: <laughs> she did. Yeah. She probably I mean, dialogue isn't her strong suit.
2: Never has been. Yeah, never and has they been. know that world building is Rowling's like um strong suit. Yeah. Which we can see from the books in itself. So maybe they thought that if they add the Instagram filter mm. <laughs> of like beautiful production, it would save the movie. Mm. But I think as all harry potter fans worldwide have condemned the movie um it just i think we just feel betrayed because this is when we start like really really feeling that you're just taking our money and it's a fandom that we love mm. so we just feel Betrayed. Betrayed. Like, the, okay, there's a couple of scenes where it's just like Credence, mm. uh, played by his favourite actor. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. No, no, <laughs> I, I, I
0: truly do hate three of the actors in this movie yeah. uh, Johnny Depp, Ezra Miller, and what's his name? Oh you my god, I, I hate him so much. Eddie
2: Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne, yeah. yeah. Okay, but okay, Eddie Redmayne's code was fine, but Credence, right, as played by Ezra Miller. Yeah. His costuming was so detailed for somebody who's playing an orphan child yeah. who is broke. And there's so Kidnapped many. Kidnapped clo- by the
0: circus and everything. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's so close up short, right? Yeah. And all I noticed is the embroidery on, on his-, his coat. Yeah. yeah. And that kind of um, lack of restraint was something that was very jarring. <laughs> yeah.
3: That yeah. didn't
2: appear so much in, in the original Harry Potter ones. Where the costuming decisions, right, were on point. People who were meant to be slobby,
3: mm-hmm.
2: or like poor show some rough wear and tear around the corners. Hagrid. Hagrid, right? You carry that. Yeah. You carry that in the costuming, and yeah. that kind of beautiful um, nuance and desi- creative decision making was what really made the beauty of the Harry Potter movies. Because also. Like, the dialogue in those Harry Potter movies whenever it's wrong for mm. anyway. No. Yeah. I mean
4: some iconic stuff, but that's about it.
2: Very uh. yeah. yeah.
4: few <laughs> That's what I said some, some, that's all.
5: Question, how yes. does Dumbledore go from a sharp-ass three-piece grey suit right to the nonsense he wears Teaching!
2: Why not? I think maybe... I think
5: like when you become
4: older, you're more comfortable in like, Fuck that
2: you shit! One one
5: one. I, a robe. I
4: just want a robe!
5: Yeah, I just want yeah. wear
4: robes, Man, that's what I'm going to do when I grow up And too.
2: sparkle suit is like, and why And why not, just
4: right? be in love with socks!
2: Yeah! Fair enough. Alright. Therefore,
5: enough. yeah. I can see the
2: point. Alright, so, so that is... The movie is arbitrary. <laughs> the movie is arbitrary.
3: <laughs> it's a very good point. Yeah, uh, on. I
2: was talking about it with Chris earlier, right? And what did you say the movie was good for?
1: Oh, so the movie to mm. me I feel is a good foundation for fan fiction. Yeah. I agree. Just that it's 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 like it's like this giant tapestry uh, of of used cloth. For yes. fanfictioners all around the world to just snip, snip, snip whatever pieces they like to just take it and then go, go along real, with, and uh, go along with it. Because yeah, yeah, really, yeah. at the end of the day, uh, besides attention to detail, I mean, like plot, nothing to speak of. Uh, characters, uh, oh. they might as well just be two D, two dimensional, two uh, D characters. Yeah. Um, the 2D characters we were talking about earlier had more heart than this yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, really, seriously um, Motivations were all over the place uh, I think at the end of it My my main gripe with it was Eddie Redmayne
3: <laughs> <laughs> Out of everybody on, 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 the the sh- yeah.
1: on the show My main gripe was with him Because I cannot... Stand his acting, <laughs> wow! I mean, like for someone who has who has supposedly acting chops, he can't yeah. enunciate for, for, for to save his life. To be fair, he
4: does that in almost all his movies. Well, all his
1: movies, and he has this particular look yeah. when he speaks, where he his head will be down, and then he will speak, and then he will turn his head up towards the either the right what? or the or the left. It's like his. His, his neck is a little pendulum <laughs> that moves from left to right. Xiao is a great child actor who had to replicate
0: those movements. Yes, because I think that, that was, child actor that really did a good job. Yeah, one of yeah. the few uh, notable cases of good acting in mm-hmm. that movie. Uh, and that being said, I do have to say, Eddie Rickman has great range like, in the autism spectrum. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> 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 it's
4: true!
2: No, no, I know, I know, I know. It I mean, cool. yeah, this yeah. is not like
0: a joke about autistic people. No, it's, I know, I know. It's a joke about how he only plays autistic people,
4: or special people.
0: I could Special people, yeah, on yeah, the spectrum, it's Yeah, yeah, the, it's
4: yeah, the PC yeah. calling it. Um, I saw also got this,
5: right? Yes, yeah, you did. Yeah. Oh man, I'm really right. Okay, first of all, it should me. only be called fantastic coats, and where to get them? Yes, yes. thank, mm. you. thank um, you, because the coats were amazing, yeah. right? Uh, except for poor, the poor few that had to go around prancing in like thin ass gowns in yeah. the middle of winter. A oh, nagini, is it? Oh yeah, oh, nagini. Talk about <laughs> and yeah. Like, yeah, While yeah, everyone is just decked out in this amazing looking coach right? And then these two poor women are just like they've got to fight in like a, a silk dress. Nagini and
4: Zoe Kravitz Yeah. Oh right. my
5: goodness. Yeah. And that really, it really kind of annoyed me. Um, <sighs> acting wise, I mean, I think I, I hot Dumbledore, right? And Jude Law. Yeah. yeah. And Jude Law's very. I don't think he was given much to do it, but he he definitely did whatever he was given justice, yeah, for sure. He, he did Ezra Miller, Redmayne, and Johnny Depp uh, are all actors that we know. You all you needed to do right is throw in Ryan Gosling mm. and Keanu Reeves <laughs> yeah. into this movie, right? Yeah, you and you basically be the bunch of guys like, like, just <laughs> so like brooding, just <laughs> um,
4: brooding and like just mumbling everything. Mumbling everything. <laughs> I would have watched it if
1: actually. During one point in time I actually started reading the Chinese subtitles because <laughs> I could not pick <laughs> out what any red mean was <laughs> talking. Maybe it better in text. Maybe Jackie Rogan wrote
0: it in Mandarin <laughs> and it was just lost in translation.
5: Maybe. Oh uh, what I do have to say, right, uh, is that as much as as much as Deb has been surrounded by controversy and, and fuck all the stuff that he's been up to mm. in real life, right, uh, just being a giant asshole. I thought the
0: performance was okay, right? Like, the
5: performance was a lot more restrained than I expected it to I be. I
0: grudgingly say this.
5: I no, thought was... he was going to jack sparrow the shit out of it. Yeah. And I have to say, walker. yes. Yeah. And I have to say that um, the only piece of the entire script that I found impressive mm-hmm. was Grindelwald's speech.
4: Mm. the one the Nazi speech yes, the the Trump
5: rally. Yeah, the Trump rally. Amazing. I was not expecting that. I was not expecting how clinical and sharp it was and to the point it was. I was not expecting him to follow up with a like show that served his point. Yeah. Right? But I'll be very honest, I can see why he has followers. I just wish that this whole idea that about Grindelwalk. No or Grindelwald. Uh, uh. Yeah. Yeah. I just wish this whole idea of him having a silver tongue wasn't just like mentioned all the way at the beginning and you don't see any Anything of that right. all the yeah. way up to that point right? Yeah. And then post all of that it's, who, just, it's just... Sorry, who,
1: who mentioned that he had a silver tongue? Was it Eddie Redmayne?
5: <laughs> no, 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 it was the, um, <laughs> no, the, the president the, of the American... Okay. Before they get the
2: yeah.
4: Yeah. Oh,
5: Okay. When they explained
4: why they had to keep changing guards. Because okay. yeah. the guards kept on falling for it. Yeah.
1: Cause all I, all I could think of was that uh, Grindelwald and Dumbledore, I like I could finally figure out as a fan fictioner like oh so that's Dumbledore's type likes really uh sweet looking twinks yeah that's, that's, that's
4: his type yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Well, not also like anymore la. I mean, I mean
4: really it? blood yeah. pack really yeah.
5: I
2: thought like, that was lame yeah I did they have to skip
5: around it so badly? No, but why did they do the blood pack in the first place? Because,
2: because
1: they you
0: love,
2: love Uh, J.K. Rowling, I, I think, <laughs> like,
1: has continually failed representation.
0: Uh, not just with the LGBT community, but also with other races. Mm, if you yes. look about. If you look at the people of colour in this movie And how they were represented uh, Let alone How she offhandedly one time mentioned That uh, Dumbledore was gay And then refused to follow up on it In any tangible way In, in sex was, or so. Yeah,
4: yeah I feel that it was just a last minute decision still Yeah Yeah. Um,
0: I, I guess the, this this movie is terrible So I guess we won't spend too much time on it no? Okay, let's go uh, we'll, we'll go around the table Starting with Is How would you rate this And why? Uh, 3
1: 3 out of 10?
2: 3 out of 10 Um... Cause I feel betrayed
1: Interesting Yeah, Yeah. how about you? 4 out of 10 Uh, Because They added a few more new creatures That's it Yeah,
2: cool <laughs> creatures yeah. Cool though yeah.
1: Some redeeming factors I guess
3: Yeah, I the mean, kappa and the
1: pasta
2: I Which didn't do anything the, 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 the benefit of this movie is that it gave a lot of CG jobs yeah.
0: yeah, that's what you said Yeah, about yeah. yeah. Uh, What about you sir
5: I'm going to give it a four upon ten just for the first ten-minute escape sequence. Ooh, the yeah. for the speech itself oh, the and screen. for the uh, all the all the new creatures that were inside um our new towns that we see for the first time.
4: Yeah, how about you, Hardy? Two, two out of ten. Okay, this is because of the same thing. How racket Ralph said that the that the Easter eggs and the tropes all that were the icing. Mm. This was the opposite. This was using the Easter eggs as the story. Yeah. You know they were so so heavily. It was like hit you in the head. Look look, that's Nagini. Mm. You know. Mm. Oh look look, that's Dumbledore's nephew. Who knows? Uh, Who the hell knows? Right? Yeah. Yeah whatever. Oh look look, that's Fox. You know like yeah. ah. god damn it. it. Look look what a crazy ending. That means yeah. you must want to watch the next one. Exactly. Movie. So it was just like that's not how you build a fucking movie lah. Yeah. So uh,
0: so do you two, uh. do you think that uh J K Rowling is the new George Lucas?
3: In, in a way
4: yeah because of the world I recall that this was already which is weird because the world building in both the Star Wars prequels were great! Yeah. In here it was great too, was just that there was she no story! Can't, she can't do sequels and she can't do prequels yeah. <coughs> There's no
0: story and that's the yeah. problem Interesting, yeah. Uh, yeah As for myself, I mean, this is a weird analogy, so, so bear with me Go ahead um, I guess whether you're pro-choice or, or whether pro- you're pro-life uh, yeah. um, We can all agree that nobody wants to see it and watch it on the big screen And that's what this movie was, so it's a 3 out of 10
4: Okay, not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get
0: that. Yeah, I mean, we can all unite and say that we do not want to see this abortion. Though. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. You, mm. can, you can have it if you want to. Yeah. You know, just do it on your own private time, which is your fanfare. Yes! Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: Right. And let other people who might enjoy it enjoy it. Like, yeah. In the comfort of their homes. <laughs> I had to do a palette cleanser when I went back. Read <laughs> fanfiction. Oh, wow. <my laughs> Uh, okay,
0: Perfect. let's move on. Uh, we, we're sticking to magic, but this time we are leaving the Wizarding World mm-hmm. and going into Eternia. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reboot of She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, which only myself and Isa watched. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, created by Eisner Award winning uh, author, Noelle Stevenson, this yes. new version of She-Ra is, I think, um, a more Steven Universe style of She-Ra. Yeah. Uh, kind of emotionally complex, uh, more diverse. Uh, Nicely drawn, but it's more of a joyful pop fantasy than it is a uh, heavy metal fantasia that she was, you know, because uh, she was related to He-Man back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all about an all-female rebellion rejecting isolationism mm-hmm. and, and oppression, and it's also about the complications of friendship uh, offering empower- empowering representation for little girls, yeah. uh, which the original she actually didn't do quite so well no, because it was for little all. boys. Yeah. Uh, in fact, this would actually be for great for kids and adults of any gender mm-hmm. because it's such a an affirming show. Uh, the series even wisely ditches the he-man connections to let Adora and her friends kind of stand strong in their mm. own rights. I think it is a improvement over the fairly one-dimensional source material, mm. as beloved as the original Shira is. Yep. Uh, given its deep stories about friendship, uh, and this could grow to be as good as Steven Universe eventually. Yeah. It is nowhere close. Nope, no It has likely. elements of Korra, it has elements of Steven Universe, but those are all time great cartoons. This is uh, still finding its footing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the best part about the show is the dynamic between Adora and Ketra, Amazing. especially. Yes. It's heartbreaking, it's complicated, it weaves together so many subtle layers of resentment and love. Uh, on the downside, the series takes a little time to get going, and yes. the first few episodes can get repetitive.
3: Mm.
0: Uh, additionally, a few character introductions are done quicker than I would have liked, but by the second half, the story really gets gripping. Yeah. Uh, the world of ethereal comes to sharp focus and you see just how wide and open and uh, unsexist it can be. Mm. Uh, what do you think about this show, Isaac? Uh,
5: I love Noah Stevenson. right? Yeah. I, I fell in love with her work with uh, Nimona and, and Lumberjanes uh, a couple of years ago when I picked, up, picked those up. Um, let's, let's get the obvious out of the way. One of the worst theme songs. I've heard in a long as time. And just based on that alone, right, it has to uh, oh my god, that theme song is just something else. Uh, yeah. But overall, I really did enjoy it. Uh, I do feel like even though it took a while to get going, uh, there are a lot of very uh, archetypal characters there. Uh, there is a lot of potential, for sure. Um, Adora and Catra's relationship was something that I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the complexity and maturity and um, just the character motivations that come about from their interactions is... Uh, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, you know, I, I just kind of thought, okay, I, it, it seemed telegraphed to go in a very obvious manner, but it turned out not to be that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like the character designs. Uh, I do like the way that the princesses are going. The fight scenes are actually pretty good, but they are too short in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting to see all the powers uh, and that the princesses have.
0: You know what's interesting is to see Shira use her sword Because back in the 80s, she couldn't use her sword to cut anything It was just a TV requirement yeah. Cause you know, little kids can't, yeah. can't watch her stab things or, or, But you know, mm. now she's like spitting tanks with the sword yeah. she's, at, she's not stabbing people, cause yeah. she can't do that yeah. It's a, it's a kid's show. Kid show. Yeah, yeah. kid show. Yeah, but at least you get to see her use her yeah, sword yeah,
5: She's swinging yeah. around uh, yeah. What I thought was very interesting is that I never actually realised that When Adora transforms, she gets bigger in the original. Like, I, I, that never occurs to me. I
0: think it's a failure of the animation that you couldn't tell. Back then. She's supposed to be 8 foot tall.
5: Yeah. yeah. Uh, but in this particular one, during her uh, magical girl transformation, which is amazing. Which is cool. Which yeah, I I it's really, very really Mooney. Like. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and I, I love the costume design. The new costume design is dope. I think, like. Yeah, it's more. Uh, we we're just talking about the
0: girls in uh, Fantastic Beasts too, like, yeah. it's, it's better appropriate.
5: Yeah, it's better it's appropriate. I yeah. mean, there's been a huge trend towards that. Uh, in in Kingdom right now, you know, a lot of people are fighting for that. That Batgirl has a totally combat-ready costume and all of that. So I love the new costume, still looks fantastic, still, it's dazzling. Um, But it is not whatever the heck she was wearing back in the 80s. Yes, uh, it, was it, a, it,
0: it was like a dress yeah. um, uh, Notably a lot of uh, male fans who grew up in the 80s hated this new costume But yeah, uh, sure. y- yeah. y- you know the segment of the internet yeah, for it, sure. is, it is what it is <laughs> okay. uh, We're not going to indulge that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so okay, how would you rate this out of 10?
5: I would give it a 6 I think that, uh, I would give it a 6 with the caveat that I think that there's a lot of potential yeah. Steven Universe took a while to get going uh, This season 1 isn't on par with Steven Universe or Korra no. You know, uh, for sure. Because those started off very, very strong yeah. uh, in their first season. But I do agree with you that there are many, many elements that could come together for great uh, potential and storytelling later. Can grow a uh, lot. Yeah, it definitely can grow. And so I'm looking forward to season two.
0: Same thing, I'm giving this a 6.5. Mm. Um, it's a cautious recommendation. Uh, to me, I can see potential in this. Mm. I can see like this kernel of genius Yeah. Uh, that it. Uh, Obviously, to say that it will grow to be Steven Universe is a bit uh, a bold statement because you know very few shows are that good. Yeah. But it can Mm. Uh, certainly more so than the Dragon Prince or other shows of that nature, which I don't see much potential in, to be honest. Uh, So this is uh, a higher recommend than the Dragon Prince. Oh, definitely. Yeah, six point five out of ten. Uh, next up, we'll be moving on to another segment I like to call Quick Hits Where I review the shows that nobody else has seen Because <laughs> it is my job to watch movies and TV shows And so you've got no time! And you've got no time! <laughs> time. So first up on Quick Hits, uh, I'll be talking about a local zombie movie mm-hmm. Called Zombie Pura, Which is a movie that I watched uh, with Chris, not not exactly with Chris's mother But Chris's mother watched it as well asked if we could, we could ask her to join in. But uh, she was unable to make this recording, so I mean, what are you
4: going to do? Just busy lah.
0: Yeah. Uh, as a zombie outbreak overruns an NS camp, uh, a malingering or chowking, as we call it in Singapore, <laughs> reservist <laughs> officer, and his tough commander are forced to work together to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, written and directed by Jason Tan, this is Singapore's first ever zombie feature film. It's delightfully smart and a quite cheeky horror comedy. Uh, it's a bit like a cross between Shaun the Dead and Army Days. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zombie Fru- Pura is a fun, undead romp that's elevated by quite well-drawn uh, local characters with witty colloquialisms. It's a reservist comedy and a damn good one, but I'm not too sure how it will play to people who haven't experienced reservists, like you know, people from overseas. Or perhaps um, Chris's mother. Uh but from my perspective, it, this was a really funny, enjoyable movie, lah. Yeah. Uh, do not be expecting a zombie movie. It is entirely an NS comedy. Uh, so I'll give it a seven out of ten. What What did your mum tell you about this movie? Uh,
1: she came in in a half, and and she greatly disliked it. I think she fought with my father. <laughs> 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 your, dad, your dad, liked it.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, cause you know NS. La. Yeah. Yeah. NS. yeah.
4: Yeah, but she didn't like it. Your dad's not a military like guy, it. right? Huh? Your dad's a military man, yeah. right? Yeah. Like he gets the jokes and all that. He gets
0: the jokes. Yeah. So you think your mother is the kind that would want a zombie movie to be a straight up zombie
1: movie, yes, and not any sort of subversion of the tropes? No, I, I, she, def, they, my father and her basically sit down to watch The Walking Dead, yeah. and what's the other one? Fear the walking dead? Fear the walking dead. So they sit down every week to go to catch an episode together. Mm. And some sometimes they shout at the TV about how don't go in there, they're gonna get you. That kind of stuff. Oh, so wow. yeah. They're so, big fans. They're kind of interactive horror people. Yeah. Mean, they're
0: fun to watch horror movies. Eh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, for example, like there is an upcoming zombie musical for Anna and the Apocalypse. They would not like that. No, definitely not. Okay. <laughs> Are your parents into uh, Korean epics, like ancient Korea kind of uh, medieval dramas? Uh, they did
1: enjoy Train to Busan, but that's like just, a, just a, the uh, typical zombie movie as well. In correct. that sense, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, speaking of Train to Busan, the producers
0: of Train to Busan. Uh Jenny movie is a later, is a new zombie epic set in the Korean Middle Ages. Uh it's a great premise. Uh the movie is called Rampant. It lives up to what it, it promises mostly. Um, it's a little generic and lacking emotional engagement. Uh Rampant is still worth a watch because it has Game of Thrones-esque political intrigue mm-hmm. with the court and all of that. Uh with mixed with swashbuckling action, uh Handsome, obviously it's Korean, uh Handsome Heroes. Uh, great action set pieces, good production values, Uh, it's an entertaining crowd pleaser so um, I would just rate this a 6 out of 10 It's a serviceable zombie movie Elevated by its premise mm-hmm. But turns out its premise isn't that special Because next month Another zombie outbreak Set in medieval, medieval Korea Is bound for Netflix mm-hmm. There is a series called Kingdom With the exact same premise as Rampant Set in the same time period Starring the same princess Starring the same king mm-hmm. and Not the actors As in those characters yeah, yeah I know but So yeah. it's, it's one of those Like you know like The illusionist prestige and, yeah. and volcano And, and uh, Dante's, Dante's Peak. Peak And all La. so it, the, these things come in twos, huh. so it's a little weird, la. I would. They, but uh, this is very specific. Very sp- the Joseon period, must yeah. have zombies. Uh-huh. Uh they have the same. E- <laughs> even from the trailer, there were a couple of the actors Who are recognized from Rampant. Yeah. Oh wow! Wow! Yeah, so so it is. It is very strange. Okay, okay. but the trailer but, like, is great, though. Trailer is great. Yeah, the trailer is great. It, well. look, it actually for a Netflix show, the trailer looks. It makes it look like the series is better has a better budget than okay. this particular okay. movie. Uh, so I would look forward to Kingdom. We will review. Be reviewing okay. that two episodes time, uh, but for now if you want to see Rapid, it's still in Golden Village if you check it out. It's, it's a 6 out of 10, so a soft recommend. Mm-hmm. Uh, still keeping in team with zombies, as I said, there are a lot of zombie movies this month. Uh, the next one I'll be talking about is The Night Eats the World, which was recently screened at the French Film Festival. Actually, I interviewed uh, a guy by the name of Le LeMond, mm-hmm. who is the screenwriter for The Night Eats the World for Hotwire. Uh And on that note, I do have to kind of. Apologize to our listeners because I promised something last week which I was unable to deliver upon Oh no So we promised that we will get Gilmer Le Mans, uh on this podcast yeah, 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 yeah. for an interview uh, The problem was I met him at Fullerton Hotel and his English was pretty shoddy uh, I mean it isn't his first language I understand so we had to communicate through his manager Whose English herself isn't that good mm-hmm. so it was a very three-way uh, awkward conversation uh, Which obviously would not be good for a podcast mm-hmm. uh, It can't kind of flow smoothly I decided to convert it into text So it's now up on Popwire instead So do follow me on popwire.com.sg Where I have other movie and TV reviews They are not about like witches and zombies and shit uh, But yeah, that Gomez Lamont's interview Is actually pretty cool uh, do, do check it out He's actually adapting a new comic book Called uh, Lessons and Alls Which is uh, an, an early comic book from France From the 1950s It's about World War One. Uh, so that's pretty cool for Canal TV. He also talks about some other movies he's written and directed. Well, no, sorry, just written. At mm. uh, Night Eats the World and there's another movie called Just a Breath Away, which is a sci-fi disaster movie. But the one I'll be talking about is The Night Eats the World. Uh, it's about a protagonist named Sam, who falls asleep during a house party and awakens to find that the world has been overrun by a zombie outbreak. Realising that he is one of the city's last survivors, he barricades himself in the apartment complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, And this Parisian zombie movie has, I think, more on its mind than brain eating Mm. Uh, It's more about surviving the undead horde in isolation So it's a movie about the horrors of isolation It's about loneliness It's closer in tone to castaway Mm. than any other zombie movie It's more about how he goes insane, you know, being cooped up alone How he's willing to cope with that lah Uh, It's a near wordless story uh, so it's it's more like Castaway, like I said, than 28 years later Which is a unique spin, he even has his own Little Wilson Which is a, a zombie that he traps and he talks to every day
4: <laughs> And he makes conversation with That's the best so,
0: Yeah, uh, I like this movie a lot uh, The story is slightly, uh, it's, it's too slight for its running time uh, To give it a very high rating So it is a very good psychological horror movie I'll give it a 7.5 out of 10
4: Not a bad recommendation
0: Yes, uh, next up I'm going to be talking about another French movie Mm-hmm. Uh, but a different kind of horror movie, it's called Climax. It's actually distributed by uh, Anticipate Pictures, which is uh, run by is friend, and I guess now mine as well, uh, isn't Yay! quite. Uh, it's a small independent film distributor, uh, and it's actually screening this movie again at the French Film Festival. Uh, so Climax is a great movie uh, directed by Gaspar Noir, uh, best known for his visionary, challenging, and quite upsetting films like uh, Irreversible, like uh, Enter the Void, the Argentinian filmmaker is back with a kind of musical... a dance musical horror freakout that's, uh, that's going to be seared into his audience collective psyche. Uh, at the title climax, this latest movie finds the director, at, uh, in my opinion, at an artistic peak, with a literal and metaphorical pain orgy that uh, easy, that, that encapsulates his trademark themes uh, of you know um, sexual violation and body horror and stuff like that. Uh, we follow a French dance troupe as their winter rehearsal party uh, in an empty dormitory turns from a jubilant celebration into a psychedelic meltdown because their their sanguera is spiked with LSD. Uh, What begins as this kind of kinetic beautiful exercise of physical expression? The film's many bravura dance sequences are breathtakingly shot, performed, and choreographed to some awesome killer techno cuts. Uh, You should download the OSD if you have time. Uh, It has a great techno soundtrack. But anyway, that all collapses as paranoid anxiety and the interpersonal c- conflicts are ratcheted up and acted upon in increasingly deranged ways. So you know, uh, little small competitions, arguments turn into fights, turn into mutilations, turn into uh, killings and stuff like that. So it's 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 pretty um, difficult to watch. Very real, very visceral. Uh, the sense of tension is ratcheted up. Uh, the sense of danger and panic as well. Uh, competitions are very claustrophobic because they take place in in corridors, uh, neon lit corridors, in bedrooms uh, and stuff like that. So so it, it frequently. F- Flickers between sensual and sadistic uh, Sexual and violent And sometimes both It's disturbing, it's disorienting It's also hypnotic and mesmerizing Because of the dance sequences uh, You can't take your eyes off this kind of Hellish, hedonistic, mass hysteria of a movie uh, So I do have to say that Although it is shocking Noah almost He never shocks for the sake of shock mm. uh, And this film Nightmare Is society's collective delirium In a danceable microcosm so yeah, there's a lot of um, allegory that you can take from it as well, like exploring the meanings of uh, taboos like sex, drugs, and death in uh, violent ways. So this is a, a solid 8.5 out of 10 for me. Wow. Very high mm. rating. Highly recommended. Yeah. If you are unable to catch it at the festival, festival it is also available on digital and Blu-ray. Oh. Uh, so go to your iTunes or whatever is your local provider and and go buy it. It's a good one. Uh, it is it is very um 18 though So make sure you're mature enough to handle or stomach this because uh, it's a difficult movie to stomach uh. okay yeah uh next up we're talking about a tv show called Wynona up mm. uh, it's a blend of fantasy horror and western it's a fun ride and one wonders why it continues to be so underrated its titular character is the descendant of legendary lawman Wyatt Up oh, you know. and she battles a bunch of supernatural threats with her 16 inch barrel revolver called the peacemaker uh, now it's third season, it's a whiskey-fueled, queer-friendly tale of complex women saving the world and in my opinion, it is the closest spiritual successor to Buffy that we have at the moment. Uh, it is a 75 of ten. Next up, we'll be, going, we'll be talking about an anthology, mm-hmm. but a very localised anthology. It's a Southeast Asian anthology run by HBO Asia called Folklore. It's actually Asia's first ever horror anthology, can you believe it or not? Uh, despite you know, our rich history in myths and tales. Uh, And it's mostly pretty good Despite being a little uneven As most anthologies are It features six One hour episodes Directed by some of the region's Best filmmakers Ranging from Indonesia's Joko Anwar Uh, I recently reviewed His film Pengabdi Setan Or Setan Slaves uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe It's not that like six or seven episodes ago Mm -hmm. Uh, One of my favourite Regional horror movies That I've seen Uh, Singapore's Eric Koo Is on it as well As well as uh, South Korean filmmakers Japanese filmmakers Filipino filmmakers Uh, The USP or the unique selling point is that it's rooted deeply in Asia's most prevalent supernatural myths so uh, anything from kotiana to you know like Filipino phantasms and stuff like mm-hmm. that uh, so these fighting tales have the benefit of hitting close to home because it's things that we grew up with it's cultural specificity of uh, is what makes this anthology special but as I mentioned it isn't quite consistent uh, the most boring episode is actually the Japanese one called Tatami uh, I thought asleep was that one <laughs> uh, there are two excellent ones that I have to point out uh, the first one is a uh, Nobody, written by a uh, famous Singaporean author Amanda Lee Koh, and uh, director Barry Eric It's a twist on the Pontianak tale. It's kind of um, a it, it's affecting and it focuses more on human cruelty and about what happened to the Pontianak and why we have sympathy for it. Uh, there are some campy moments that took me out of it, but the character work and its foreign walker protagonist. I don't know whether you've seen Yellow Bird, which is a great yellow movie as well. Uh, a, a great local movie. Great Yellow movie. <laughs> uh, it's a great <laughs> it's local a movie. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh So it's stars the same guy who who, who stars in yellow, uh, yellow, but I kind of forgot his name. The Indian actor. character. Uh, he, he's a fantastic protagonist so you, okay. you can kind of follow him for a bit. Lah. Uh, but the best, the very 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 best is Joko and Anwar's one called A Mother's Love. Uh, Joko is so next level and from watching this episode that he's clearly not just one, two or three levels above the other filmmakers. Including Eric Koo, who I love but... I sit on me sometimes. Uh, this is like 20 levels above everyone else. La. It's a story of a mom living in uh, living in poverty and struggling to provide for his young, her young son. Uh, it's an incredibly heartbreaking story uh, and it's about unloved children, about how this Indonesian uh, creature called the Wee Wee. Wee Wee? Wee Wee? Yeah, I think so.
4: Wee Wee? I
0: don't know. I'm not wee-wee? sure how to pronounce it. Perhaps it's the way we yeah. So it basically it adults children, but only after I it think it's
4: the way, you're right. After yeah. it,
0: it only after it tricks the parents into giving them, giving up. them up, yeah. So you, you follow the story of this woman who is a maid, she struggled so hard to provide for her daughter, she's kicked mm-hmm. out of her house, she's squatting, yeah, barely has any food to eat and and the the kid is just kinda ungrateful sometimes, throws away food, you know, go throws that temper tantrum, you know, like there's this scene where she just takes something from the table and throws it at the wall. Yeah. And, that kind of thing, and things that she has script and saved for. And then? and then you can't understand why she wants to. what well, she's resentful of him. La. But at the same time, you also understand why he's resentful of her because you know he wants a better life. Yeah. Uh, his father could have provided a better life, but his father gave him up. And she, he doesn't understand that. Like he, he sees it as the mother took it took him away from the father. So it's a nice family drama. Uh-huh. Uh, also a good supernatural drama. Because okay. once uh, she gives him up, the way we abducts her and then she regrets it. Uh, goes to save the child. Uh, it's, it's a very great. It's the best like it's, it's a nine out of ten episode. Overall though, the show is only a five out of ten because there are some really bad, bad episodes ones? like okay. the Tommy, Some some middle to good ones like uh, Eric Ku's episode, and there's some truly really great ones like Joko Ahmad's episode like. oh. So So uh, do watch uh, a Mother's Love, which is pretty much the best. You can find it on HBO on demand right now. So go okay. check it out.
4: A HBO Asia has been like that. The track records like fifty fifty. Yeah, HBO yeah. Asia
0: is uh, no HBO America, let's just say it. Like yalla, yalla. Uh Next time, we'll be talking about another horror anthology, but this time it's a season-long anthology, it's called American Horror Story. Oh, the new one? The new one is called Apocalypse, season mm. 8. It is basically Ryan Murphy's Infinity War because it crosses over All of uh, them. Yeah, it crosses over season 3's coven with uh, season 1's murder house. <gasps> yeah, uh, so Apocalypse takes place in the west coast of the United States in the near future following a nuclear ba- blast that wipes out the world. Uh, so it's a literal apocalypse. Chris, uh, you'll love this. Yeah, it takes place in Orna. a place called Orna. Outpost Street. In a, it's an underground bunk- bunker constructed in order to shelter specific survivors with strong genetic makeup. Uh, so, only a specific people of a certain class can, can live there. Uh, there are big nets of people reacting to the world's end that carry more emotional heft than horror story is known for. Uh, usually, it's very campy. And the depravity that follows the doomsday as depicted here is suitably chilling. Yet, at the same time, it is Ryan Murphy, so there is a lot of sass a lot of sass even in Apocalypse mm-hmm. uh, Just greedy actors hemming it up with style mm-hmm. uh, It's delightful but it's inherent campiness undercuts the realism of the horror just a tad So it's a 7 out of 10
4: Nice
0: uh, Next up we'll be talking about a short story A Star Trek short story Yes, Calypso! Yes, uh, so this is, Star Trek Discovery actually has a series of monthly short films Called set, Short tracks. Yeah, called Short tracks Set on the USS Discovery mm-hmm. It's set in between season 1 and 2 as you all know from our second or third episode, I did not watch Discovery because I did. i I'm, I was um, quote unquote offended, I by did. its treatment of Star Trek. A uh, bit of uh, my my Fantastic Beast too. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, Hardy was a bit more open-minded than me, and I loved it. This was, uh, you know, how you all re- reacted to Last Jedi It's yeah. how I reacted to Star, Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a perversion of um everything I hold here in life. my life. Yeah, <laughs> the sacred text that is Star Trek. But, but come on, this short story. This short story in particular is, is amazing. Right. Uh, as as Hardy mentioned, it's entitled Calypso. Uh, it's written by Pulitzer Prize winning author Michael Chabon mm-hmm. uh, You do recommend his novel, The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. Yeah. Won Pulitzer Prize, so I mean, you know, Duh. it's not just me recommending it. it. The fucking Pulitzer panel recommended it. Okay, so why I love this short story. It has nothing to do with Discovery. Yep. It's set on Discovery, but a thousand years post the show, which is the furthest into track canon that we've ever, ever gone, been. actually. Yeah. Ever, ever, Gone ever.
4: through TNG, gone through Voyager, gone through uh, nothing. DS9. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, um, Discovery is set 10 years before TNG. Yeah, correct. know hey, not TNG, uh, or, or Star Trek series. Yeah, yeah correct. Uh, and this is a thousand years beyond that. So, yeah. so no way in hell. A yeah. very isolated story. Like. Mm-hmm. It's a story of a lone soldier who wakes up in Discovery's sick mm-hmm. The ship is abandoned except for an AI named Zora, mm-hmm. who keeps him company. Yeah. Uh, and I say this definitively. This is actually the best Star Trek story I've seen. I've read in in, in, in years uh, yeah. since TNG maybe since I agree like the so early 90s. Uh, it's an elegant and beautiful update. Uh, of Homer's Odyssey, yeah. specifically a tiny passage in Homer's Odyssey yeah. where he takes refuge in Calypso, and then he has a smaller magical detour. Yeah. Uh So the, uh, sorry, not Calypso, Isle of Calypso. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is, you know the story of Homer. He's been kind of uh, wandering out for a long time. A woman takes him in and falls in love with him. He's been traumatized and is now just trying to get home, but he has this strange magical interlude yeah. along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's what Calypso feels like. It feels like the Odyssey meets her because mm-hmm. you know. He falls in love with this AI that's talking mm-hmm. to him. And a large chunk of it also pays direct homage to the 1957 Audrey Hepburn musical Funny Face. With the dance. With the dance sequences yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that. Uh, so, at only 16 minutes, this is very highly recommended because yeah. it's a short investment, a beautiful, elegant story, yeah. great acting. Uh, it's a 9.5 out of 10, the, Same. the highest I've ever read. I'll give the it a 9.5 moves. too because yeah.
4: of the fact that it doesn't have that baggage of old Star Trek. Yeah Right Didn't have to carry All these stories forward you know, That doesn't matter No yeah. easter eggs No nothing It's just One guy Falling in love with an AI Yeah Right uh, Yeah so So it's quite, it's a good update la, to the mm-hmm. to Odyssey, the Odyssey la.
0: It's reasonable to assume yeah. because none of the AI we've ever seen on Star Trek were at this developed, but this mm-hmm. is a thousand years in yeah, Star- yeah, So
4: yeah, it, it's a, a true AI la, in that
0: sense Correct, yeah It, it, it discovers love, falls in love with mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, him A bit creepy sometimes Very yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did mention in my review on The Tick uh, mm-hmm. Season 1 that uh, Arthur actually falls in love with a sentient boat called yes. Danger Boat, yeah, danger uh, boat. The, the reason is weird because uh, Danger Boat identifies as male la, so yeah. it's not only a gay yeah. relationship after it's frequently inside him, so yeah. it's uh, it's kind of this strange dynamic. Yeah, it is. Uh, but anyway, uh, before we move on, I do have to point out that Michael Chabon is producing and writing a new Picard series starring Patrick Stewart on CBS All Access. Yeah. Fingers crossed that he doesn't die anytime soon. Uh, and I'm thrilled he is getting up there. La. Me too. Let's, let's just be honest about this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he gave an interview where he talked about uh, Michael Chabon that is his reverence for canon and the ideals of Star Trek, mm-hmm. and it brought a tear to my eye. La. I'm going to read a quote. Uh, of what he said about Picard and his vision for the show, oh no, come Michael on. Chabon's quote, I think we have this responsibility to continue to articulate a hopeful, positive vision of the future. Yeah. I think if anything, that's more important than now more important now than it ever was when the original series came out. A positive vision of the future articulated through principles of tolerance and ego, egalitarianism yes, and right. optimism and a quest for scientific knowledge. Yep. To me, that feels fresh nowadays. Picard is the hero we need right now And that's what I want for my Star
4: Trek Not the fucking dark gritty reboot that is Discovery Discovery is not, there is hope, there is hope (laughs) But we'll talk about that next season Yeah That's
3: fun, I think
4: Yeah, me too Yes
3: but okay, yeah. we'll bring you back for the Star Trek <laughs> No, because like,
0: I'm not going to be watching season 2 so Yeah, yeah. it's, it so, so, it's so Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the final one I'll be talking about is a new cartoon called Motown Magic on Netflix What's it about? It's about an imaginative African-American boy living in Detroit named mm-hmm. Ben He has a magic paintbrush that he's able oh. to use to go inside the colourful street murals of Motown oh. uh, so, Bringing to life the imaginary characters within them uh, so all these characters, all these paintings, all these murals are about classic Motown songs. So each episode's plot is inspired by the themes and characters in classic Motown songs, spurring kind of gentle adventures in learning and interwoven with classic Motown hits performed by contemporary artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a very slight, very kiddie, very enjoyable watch. Um, if you have children out there, it's, it's very nice for people uh, between tr- ages 3 to 6. Uh, I am clearly in my 30s, so I still enjoyed it. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe it is more universal than that mm-hmm. uh, I, I do recommend Motown Magic, it's a 7 out of 10 for me uh, Only kind of 10 episodes on Netflix, very quick, 20 minutes each Motown Magic Motown Magic, yeah It is a very kiddie show, I do have to stress that Nothing that wrong with that Kidia and than she Raw, than Hilda the, the kiddiest show that we've ever reviewed on gender Equality That uh, you've ever reviewed That I've ever reviewed <laughs> Wait, what, what, what is kiddie that you've reviewed? No.
4: I don't know, Hilda
0: lah. that's a kiddie Oh, this is way kiddie yeah. okay Hilda is, is for kids like 6 to 12 This is, Ooh, this is younger
4: kind want to watch it now though I know, I know yeah.
0: uh, Okay, now we'll move on to uh, the last <coughs> segment of the show It's called The Pullness Usually, either myself, Isa or Hardy will recommend a, a book A comic book, a okay. manga or yeah. whatever Some reading material for you This time, we're gonna leave it up to our two guests okay. uh, Let's begin with Chris, what do you have?
1: Uh, in your reading recommendations. Okay, so uh, I have been spending the last four years of my life trolling through the internet to read light novels. And I would like to... So light novels are basically web novels, uh, periodically updated. Uh, The one that I want to uh, recommend is from RoyalRoad.com and it's called Metal World Chronicles by Uto Sama. So uh, basically, it follows this character Gwen Song, awakes in a new world where all that she has been familiar with has disappeared and she must begin from zero. Mm-hmm. A 21st, tale, 21st century tale of an earth ruled instead by magic, where humanity lives in enclaves shielded by, from uh, magical beasts and otherworldly built, uh, beings. Follow Gwen as she struggles to once again rebuild her life in the new world, a tale of companionship, adventure and spellcraft and you follow her from high school to university oh and, wow. fi- and finally on to the real world discovering the secrets of real life of, of a real life world uh, made unreal by magic and mages mm. So it's a continuing long story? Or it's is a it continuing a- uh, series So it's a periodical It's a periodical So oh. basically almost every week I would basically get maybe one or two chapters from oh. this particular uh, online uh, ongoing uh, Web novel and so old school. what is. what I like about it uh, so much is that it actually uh, so this Chinese girl is living in Australia and that's how the whole enti- that's where the whole entire book takes place. Okay. and then after that, when she gets kidnapped, she travels through Singapore and then finally ends up in Beijing. And basically, it's all, yeah, it's a really long route. And what I like most about it is how. Uh, uh, this particular author has twisted a lot of the famous people in the uh, in that particular twenty first century and its history into majors So, like Chairman Mao was a fucking mage. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, even uh, Australia and uh, and and Singapore. Basically, that particular uh, uh, segment in which Singapore uh, starred in this web novel. Uh, basically, it was a fashion town mm-hmm. and. Uh, basically, they sold her out oh. to China. <laughs> sounds so about right. Huh? Yeah, sounds, sounds about right. Sounds about <laughs> right. So, there's some very nice semblances of truth and okay. uh, political. And the thing about it is that uh, in this particular world, there is, uh, there is stratification between the mages and the people who don't have magic, and everybody knows that magic exists. So, basically, they don't have things like diplomacy. <laughs> Which is an interesting political uh, uh, structure to the world, so uh, it's it's kind of cool, and I actually look forward to reading this almost every week. Interesting, that's such a cool recommendation. Thanks, yeah. Chris. Uh, where
0: can you find this again?
1: Uh, royalroad.com So you look uh, look for the name Metal World Chronicles. All right, that's awesome. Uh, how about cool. you? Is what do you have to recommend?
2: Uh, my book recommendation is a collection of essays that I picked up from Kino recently in the past month. Nice. It comes from it's actually a commission, originally commission performed and broadcast as part of BBC Radio 3's ongoing series called A Body of Essays. Mm-hmm. So this is a collection of non-fiction essays where each essay is dedicated to a specific body part. And the reason why I'm recommending it is because of how, <coughs> sorry, of how the individual writers um, explore the topic in a way that reminds me of our obsession I suppose with body parts like I think earlier on Hidzer mentioned the phrase the body horror yeah. where the body becomes a separate entity that you are very um, prefixed by and in a very weird and obscure way so there's a particular essay in this collection that speaks about the bowels Mm -hmm. which is a very odd topic that we don't really try to think about so much. Mm -hmm. Um, And in this one, the writer talks about how at some point in her life, she had a procedure done where a little bit of her intestines would be like sticking out of her abdomen. Mm -hmm. It was part of a medical procedure where, where then she would have to take care of it and she would notice that it had its own moods and like... Uh, behaviors that were separate from like your your own mental will and it kind of reminds me of how in when it comes to like supernatural and magical topics there is a sense of like the body behaving outside of of your own more conscious thought stream and that kind of weirdness i suppose is Linked to like the unconscious so like you start thinking about the abdomen as like the secondary brain Mm. and things like that And there are some very moving essays about sight and hearing or what happens when that sense is Missing or and what that how that changes your reality as well, which is also I suppose like a a inverse version of Magical reality Mm. when you don't have sight when you Mm. don't have hearing Mm. so I think this is a quite a magical collection of essays. To be honest, it's not. According to the barcode, it says it's under like popular science, but <laughs> <laughs> but it it's quite literary in how it's written and it's very personable and it's a very fascinating way of understanding our body, which is probably also why people look at the supernatural as as a frame of looking at the world because mm. you start thinking about things that we don't always consciously think about so uh beneath the skin i got it at kino mm-hmm. uh, it was published this year so yeah. Alright.
0: yeah awesome uh that wraps it up for this episode of turnaround quality we'll be back next month Yay. uh this this 3 straight guys will be back when you usual 3 straight opinions uh, Regardless of how woke we are yeah. Yeah, We still not that diverse yet We are working on it though But we will be talking about some major 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 titles this yeah, like, uh, Namely Aquaman is coming out yeah. That's a big one Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Bus uh, Which might actually sneak into my overall top 10 this year that looks amazing It looks amazing yeah, uh, yeah. We'll be talking about the big CWDC crossover Elseworlds. That so, one Damn we'll son We'll be talking about Bubble Bee uh,
4: which, which i kind of looking for Because you know Hard hits And you know? also
0: a small crossover with Hard hits Because yeah. it stars John Cena uh, We'll be talking about My favourite movie of the year Or one of uh, Sorry to bother you uh, uh, yeah, Which yeah, hopefully yeah. Uh, My colleagues
4: He's signed Stanfield right? Eh? Lakeith, LaKeith, sorry, from oh. from Atlanta. From Atlanta,
0: yeah. Yeah, uh, we will be checking this out at the Singapore Film Fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll let you know what we think about it. I've already seen it because I got a screener, mm-hmm. so uh, I can tell you that it's, it's amazing. It's mind blowing. Nice. Uh, the third act is something that's one of the most unexpected things I've ever seen. Uh, that I don't really get surprised anymore. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. a very jaw-dropping thing. Uh, quick hits would involve a, Sh- a Filipino horror movie called Eerie, which mm-hmm. uh, is also at the Singapore Film Fest. I'll talking about George R. R. Martin's new TV show, Night Flyers, which he is tour. writing and show running because he is uh, procrastinating. Yeah. She uh, okay, needs to make the money. We've spent too much money talking about Winds of Winter. Yeah. Uh, so let's not talk about that. It, yeah. will, it will come when it comes. Yeah, yeah. But Night Flyers is coming on next month. Yeah. I'll uh, be talking about Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh, I'll be talking about Titans, which I surprisingly like. Yeah. Uh, that one, really. Moto Engines. And I will actually be bringing in a show that is wasn't genre last year. But it's genre this, year What are you talking about? A uh, an anthology show called Room One O Four because there's a of shows. There's a lot of episodes about you know spirits. Uh, there's an episode about AI and stuff. I like really that. I've only
4: watched the two episodes you let me watch, so interesting.
0: Yeah, okay. And if Hardy has time, uh, can you review Star Wars Resistance? Of
4: course, I've really started already started reading. Ah, oh, so it's done. It's finishing
0: next month. Star Wars yeah. Resistance is Hardy's uh, Ellie? Sure. and then and, and I guess Isas as well. But I think Isas not watching it. Uh
5: no. Yeah, I'm, I'm skipping that I'll, Don't be worry doing, guys. I'll be doing an anime corner next month
0: I got this Interesting So that, that will just be a quick though.
5: So. Yeah,
4: a quick <laughs> Uh
0: We'll be back next month As always, first of every month Look for us on Facebook at Facebook backslash Genre Equality Podcast And that
4: will be our tough 11- 13th episode?
0: It will be our one year anniversary. One year anniversary, yes! guys!
4: Bye! Yeah! Okay. So that's a
0: special one. And of course, always follow us on Mixcloud. That's where we upload. That's where mm-hmm. you get instant mm-hmm. updates. Mm-hmm. Mixcloud backslash genre icon. 12 record. hours
4: before our Facebook post is up. Right? That's Around usually that. when I upload, la. Yeah, la. You, you
0: don't need to tell them that. <laughs> no, la. no, that's
4: why they should get the Mixcloud account. It's <laughs> a
0: breaking KFib here. There's no KFib I'll, anymore. KFib to, is I'll, dead. I will try to have some professionalism. Yeah. There's no professionalism. Some maybe follow us, maybe we'll be up- upload earlier. Cause you know sometimes I do upload a day earlier even
4: Oh okay yeah. uh, They're only for Patreon users uh. <laughs> Fuck
0: off uh, we don't have any Patreon yet But if you want to give us money, uh, message us for our videos <laughs> uh, <laughs> to, <laughs> to then this has been
4: HitZero I'm Hadi I'm Aisa. And I'm Chris Is
2: And
4: we'll, we'll have them back for sure next Yeah definitely yeah. Uh, to then goodbye Bye bye